Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Thankful and we are grateful. Father, we remember as we look back about 365 days ago when we stood in this very place, in this holy ground, and we committed our lives into your hands. And Father, your word gave us a promise and you said that we shall return and we shall see a difference. You say, if we will continue to serve you, we will return and we will see a difference. A difference between the righteous and the wicked. The difference between those who serve you and those who do not serve you. And Lord, today we stand here and we see that difference. Oh, my Lord and my God, you are a faithful God. You have been faithful with us. You have watched over our going out and our coming in. My Lord and my God, we are thankful tonight that Lord here we stand again. Indeed, it is such a privilege to serve you. And we are thankful that we have been selected among so many to choose to serve you. Father, we thank you for this privilege. We thank you, Lord, that you have opened our eyes to know you. We thank you, Lord. That you have called us to be partakers of this great kingdom. I am grateful and I am thankful to stand before these wonderful people. People that you shed your blood for. People that you died for. People that you forsook your crown in heaven and took upon yourself the crown of thorns for such people. And Lord, you have called me to be a shepherd of such people. I am grateful and I am thankful. I thank you, Father, throughout the year, all that you have done for us, what you have added to us. Father, you say, of all that you have given us, we have lost none. And indeed, we have seen that scripture come to pass in our time. We give you praise. We love you, Jesus. We ask God, That tonight, you speak to us. Minister to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Wonderful. Well, I want everyone to take his or her seat for a few minutes. I just want to share something very briefly with you. Um, But before I do that, I, um, I want to announce to you that um, this year has been declared by our father, the presiding bishop, Bishop Dagwood Mills, as a year of loving God. Yeah. Hallelujah. I say you belong to a great church. You belong to a great church. 
It is a year of loving God. Hallelujah. And I believe this year we're going to love God. You know, when I was coming, the moment I stepped here, I felt the presence of the Lord here. And I knew certain foundation has been laid here already. Um, For those of you who were not aware, there were some people who were here from 5 a.m. And they have been praying until we got here. Hallelujah. And I strongly believe these are some of the prayers that carried us through the year. And they will carry us into 2016. And by the grace of God, we will all be standing by December 31st, 2016. Lifting our hands and giving praise to the Lord once again. Hallelujah. So this year is a year, or 2016 is going to be a year of loving God. Hallelujah. Can I see some God lovers here? Wow. Powerful. Powerful. So tonight, for a short time, I'm going to share with you about the love of God. We're going to share about the love of God for a few minutes and then we will worship for a few minutes and then we will pray and enter into 2016. Is it a good plan? Wonderful, wonderful, powerful. So if you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36, Matthew chapter 22, verse number 36. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, let me read from verse 34. It says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, This was a question to Jesus. And he asked him, He said, Master, verse 36, Master, Which is the great commandment in the law? Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Now, how many of you want to know the great commandment? This man came to Jesus and he says, Master, of all the law in the Bible, which one of them is the great commandment? Which one is the one that I can do and it will satisfy God? Which one is the great commandment? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law 
and the prophets. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, the first and greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, all your soul, or all your being, and with all your mind. Amen. Amen. Now, if you are a husband, or you are a beloved, or you are a wife, you begin to ask yourself and wonder, if I'm going to love you, Jesus, if I'm going to love you with all my heart, and with all my soul, and with all my mind, what is left for my husband, or what is left for my wife? Amen. How many of you will want to know why, how, how that is possible? If you're going to love God with all your heart, there's nothing else left for anyone else. Amen. But if you find a place in your heart to occupy God, if you find a place in your heart to give to God and you let him take over your heart, you're going to find out that people are going to feel love coming from you. Love is going to emanate from you. People are one of, they will like to gather around you. You know, the reason why people come in a church and they say, I feel love. I feel, I feel love among the people. It's because of God that is in you. Amen. It is because of God that is in you. Amen. So Jesus says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, when you love God this much, you have fulfilled the greatest commandment. You have fulfilled the most important commandment in the whole Bible. Hallelujah. You may do everything in the Bible. You may give to people. You may not commit fornication. You will not steal. You may not commit murder. You will not convert after your neighbor's property. You may do all kinds of things. But if you don't do this one thing, if you don't have love for God, you are nothing. You know, it is like an employer that hires you and he hires you to type a letter. Every morning, he wants you to type a letter. Every morning, there's a particular letter that you have to type. Now, you can do so many things for the employer. You can make coffee for your boss. You can clean his phone, clean his desk, do everything for him, buy him lunch. In fact, when you bring him coffee and he gives you money, you may choose not to take it, even though he's making more money than you. You can do so many things for him. At the end of the day, if you do not type this letter for which he hired you for, you will not last on the job. Amen. Amen. Therefore, this year must be a year where your greatest desire, 2016, your greatest desire must be to love God. 
Your burning desire must be that you love God. Amen. Amen. If you will desire anything in the coming year, if there will be any hunger in you, let it be that your heart will desire to love God. Hallelujah. Let it be that God will direct your heart into loving him. Amen. Amen. Let it be that God will direct your whole mind into loving him. Your whole being into loving him. Because you will by all means, you will by all means love something. Hallelujah. I say you will by all means love something. You are going to love something. But that desire that God will direct it into loving him. Hallelujah. Now you ask yourself, what do you love? What do you love? Because everyone will love something. You know, when a husband is with a wife and the wife starts complaining and says, you know, I don't think you still have affection for me. You know, for instance, you, I see that you, 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 now you, you want to sleep in the living room. You don't have a desire for me anymore. You don't love me anymore. Right away, her mind goes on to something else that there is another woman that you have affection for. Isn't that so? Wives, give me a wave if that is the case. Automatically, you will feel that your, 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 he, has, he has seen another woman and his affection is now towards another because your affection will by all means be on something. It will be on something. Now in the same way, when you don't love God, if God is not in the whole of your heart, then something else will be in your heart. And a lot of times, the one thing that competes with God for your heart is money. Oh, yes. Money is the main reason for which so many people do not serve God. Oh, yes. Money is one of the main reasons why a lot of people don't go to church. Oh, I'm preaching. I said money is the main reason why a lot of people choose not to go to church. I say if you don't love God, something else will take over your heart. People don't serve God because they don't have time. They are searching and they're pursuing money. And so they don't have time. And interestingly, you realize that as much as they search, they don't have the money. I say, they do not have the money. Your colleagues who choose not to go to church but to work, they do not have more money than you do. Amen. They don't have more money than you do. You know, they are deceived into believing that they have money. But if you be critical with yourself, and if you will be honest with yourself, you realize that you don't have money. Amen. But loving God is the greatest commandment. 
I say loving God is the greatest commandment. Jesus says it's the most important commandment. It's the greatest commandment. Now, if that is the greatest commandment, then it comes with the greatest reward. And it comes with the greatest blessing. Loving God comes with the greatest reward. Hallelujah. People who love God are destined for a certain glorious destiny. People who love God, their lives are on a path to a glorious destiny. If you have love of God in you. Amen. If you have the love of God in you. Amen. If you dedicate your heart into loving God, your life is geared towards prosperity. It is geared towards joy. And it's towards peace. Amen. The sister was quoting the scripture, and it says, 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 3, it says, they that love God are known of God. Listen, they that love God are known of God. They that love God, they are known of God. If you don't love God, you are not known of God. So you don't love God, and things are happening, and you say, oh, God will provide. God will not provide. I said, they that love God, they are known of God. You are deceived. The Bible says that God does not hear the prayers of sinners. So God will provide is a prayer. But if you don't love God, stop saying that prayer. Amen. But in 2016, I see you loving God. I say, I see you loving God. In the coming year, I see you loving God. Your whole heart is going into loving God. Your mind will be filled with the love of God. Your whole soul and your being will be filled with the love of God in 2016. Amen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, and the Lord directs your heart into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Let it be your prayer that God will direct your heart into the love of God. That God will change your heart desires. That the things that make you happy, may it be the love of God in you. That if there's anything that your heart will desire in 2016, let it be that you will love God. And try him. Try God. You have not tried him. That is why. Amen. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 6. Desire, desire to love God. It says, Deuteronomy 30 and verse It says, and the Lord thy God will circumcise your heart. The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of thy seed. That means the heart, the heart of generations after you to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. Allow God to circumcise your heart. Allow God to touch your heart into loving him. Allow God to maneuver your heart, to change your heart direction, change your heart desire into loving him. 
says that the Lord God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. Some of you, you are here because there are certain family members who, whose hearts love God and their prayers have kept you alive. I am telling you that their prayers have kept you alive. Their prayers have watched over you. Their prayers have delivered you. Their prayers have kept you on the highways and the byways because people have gone on the same highway and they never came home. But there are certain people, it says that they are known of God and their prayers, they are heard by God. And their prayers have kept you. Hallelujah. Their prayers have kept you. Amen. I say their prayers have kept you. Solomon loved God. In 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 3. He loved God. And Solomon was one of the richest men that ever lived. One of the wisest men that ever lived. And the scripture described him. It says, Solomon loved God. He loved God. Beloved, stop searching for riches. If you want riches, just love God. If you want wealth, just love God. Loving God will make you a wise woman. It will make you a wise man. Desire that 2016, you're going to love God. You're going to love God. That your heart be directed into loving God. You know, there are certain blessings, they only come to people who love God. Certain good things, they only come to people who love God. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 23. I'm sharing a very short message with you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 23. You know, we quote this scripture often to comfort or to console or to encourage everybody who encounters some form of tragedy. When people go through tragedy, we quote the scripture. And we say, and not only they, no, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, and we know that all things work together. Have you heard that scripture before? It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. How many of you have quoted the scripture to encourage somebody before? But you see, this scripture is not for everybody. I say this scripture is not for everybody. Because how can you, how can losing your job work together for your good? What about the rent? What about the mortgage? You have lost your job, and then you come to tell someone, and he says, all things work together for your good. The person is going to have to slap you. How can you losing your husband or losing your wife be a thing that is working together for your good? Your marriage is going down, and you come to tell someone, and he says, my sister, all things work together for good. 
Amen. Amen. How can that be working together for your good? Your child is sick in a hospital and you are, you are taking time off from work you are, and they are not even paying you. You are in a hospital and there's someone to tell all things work together for your good. How can the delay in pregnancy, you want a pregnancy and it does not come. And how is that working together for your good? That scripture is not for everyone. Hallelujah. How can delaying in having a child work together for your good? My beloved, it worked together for the good of them that love God. It worked together for good of them that love God. So a delay in having a child was working together for good for Zachariah. It worked together for because he loved God. A delay in having a child worked together for my good. I did not understand, but it was working together for my good. Amen. That a child is born and at the season, they are killing little boys that are born during that season. It worked together for the good of Moses. It was working together for his good. Amen. Amen. The brother was sharing. I said, love God. Desire to love God. He says that I've made a purpose in my heart that I will not stop doing the work of God for this. I will continue to be late. And the the boss that God raised up to hate you and dislike you, it was working together for the good of a person who loves God. Amen. It was working together for good. It was working together for good. How can, how can someone, someone who sleeps with one of his soldier's wife and then sends the soldier to the war front to be killed and then you bring forth a child. I mean, such sin, such sin. But for someone, you see, I'm not condoning sin. I'm not saying that do some evil things. But when you love God and you make mistakes in your life, mighty celebrate. God turns your mistakes. God transforms your mistakes. God changes your mistakes. And he causes it to work together for your good. For your good. For your good. For your good. That mistake is working together for your good. I said that mistake is working together for your good. That out of that relationship was born Solomon. And he became one mighty king. But it's only for them that love God. I say it's only for them that love God. That scripture is not for Christians. Let's read it again. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. All things work together for good to them that love God. This scripture brings supernatural blessing and supernatural promises to the people who love God. To the people who love God. Beloved, in 2016, purpose in your heart 
that I will love God. That may the Lord circumcise my heart into loving him. It's not for churchgoers. It's not for people who say, I believe in God. Amen. One day, a group of instrumentalists decided to leave this church. And their plan was to bring the church down. So one Sunday, they got together and they said, we don't belong to the church anymore. I lamented over it and I was disturbed. It was soon after I became a pastor of this church and I said, Lord, what did I do wrong? Lord, what did I do? These people have been here for a long time and I just got here and all these things are happening. And I did not understand. But when you love God, I say when you love God, I say when you love God, I say when you love God, all things work together for your good. Today, our drummers, they take turns. They, They don't know who is going to play. Am I going to play? Is it, are you going to play? They, they take turns. Amen. I say all things work together for good. Hallelujah. Our praise and worship team today, when they minister, when they minister, you feel the anointing of God. You feel the power of God. You feel the spirit. When our choir minister, Oh my God. When they are done ministering and they are living, I feel the presence of God upon the choir. Today, I say all things work together for good for them that love God. Love God. Love God. So my sister, the brother who proposed to you and said he was going to marry you and change his mind for which you have, you, have been, you have been so sad you have pushed all your clothes in a closet. You don't want to dress anymore. You are always crying. Take out your clothes again. Bring your clothes out again because that thing was working together for your good. Bring out your clothes. Try them on again. Some of them will not fit you. But list them. Release some space and put them on again. Put your wig back on again. You have decided not to wear the wig anymore. Beloved, put it back on again. Put it on. Put your makeup. Do your makeup. Come on. Come on with the high heels. These days I see you with flash shoes. I want you to now come back with your high heels. And start walking again. Because that brother who left you, it was working together for your good. Because you are a God lover. You are a God lover. You are a God lover. And all things work together for your good. 
I say all things, they work together for your good. So come out of the closet. Stop crying. Wipe your face. And start singing again. Do your makeup. Do your kajikaji. Put it back on. If you don't know what it is, come and see me. It's a new way of doing the makeup. It's called kajikaji. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? If you are a God lover, the job you lost is working together for your good. I say it is working together for your good. That job where they fired you, God has a plan concerning that job. God had a plan when they fired you and it's working together for your good. Amen. Amen. You are a God lover. I say you are a God lover. You are a God lover. The visa that you don't have today, it is working together for your good. God has a plan concerning that and it's working together for your good. Yes. You are a God lover. Lift up your hands and rejoice. Because it is working together for your good. Yes. I can tell you that much. God has a plan. You are a God lover. They have given you a diagnosis. God is working out that diagnosis. He has a plan concerning that. And it's working together for your good. It will not kill you. I say you are a God lover and it will not kill you. The lamp that was there, God was working out for a testimony on 2015, December 31st. And you see, when you are a God lover, don't let these things bother you. That is why I'm saying in 2016, have a desire in your heart. Like, God, circumcise my heart. Change my heart into loving you. Amen. And you see his mighty hand upon your life. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. This is another scripture that we quote for everyone. Isn't that so? He says, but as it is written... I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for Christians. The things which God has prepared for unbelievers. The things which God has prepared for people who believe that God exists. The people who are churchgoers. Are you reading the scripture? It says, but as it is written, I had not seen, nor ear heard. I tell you, that brother that left you, you know, I, I say it is a plan. God has a plan concerning your life. God had a plan for that brother who made a promise, a proposal to you, and he left you. That woman took your ring, and she came back, and he says, I have changed my mind. God had a plan concerning that. He says that what he has prepared, what he has prepared, what God has prepared, he says that I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man 
the things which God had prepared for them that I didn't hear you. For them that love him. That scripture is not for everyone. It's for them that love God. Them that love God. If you love God, he says that what he has prepared for you, he says, let that relationship go. Let it go. Because what he has prepared for you, let that job go. Because what he has prepared for you, I had not seen. Your car broke down on the highway and you are a God lover and you are, dis- you are, you are, you are depressed. Oh. Your car is totaled and you are a God lover and you are depressed. Beloved, that car, your eye has seen it. But the one that God is bringing you, he says, I have not seen. I don't know if it is a 2016 Mercedes Benz or 2017 Mercedes Benz or 2017 Volvo. He says that I had not seen what God is bringing you. I had not seen. Neither had ear heard. Neither had it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. This used car, I have seen this used car. This used car broke down and you are worried. I had seen them. Suzuki. I had seen them. 2010 Suzuki. How many eyes have seen them? But what God has prepared for them that love him, he says, I had not seen. Oh, your landlord is getting you out of the apartment. The place where God is moving you, I had not seen. I said, I had not seen. The house that God is going to give you, your eye had not seen it yet. Because maybe it's not even built yet. I had not seen it. Be a God lover. I said 2016, purpose in your heart to be a God lover. That you will love God. That you will, he says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all your heart. Leave no place for anything else. But with all your heart. Amen. With all your heart. Hallelujah. You know, one day, a certain woman came across Jesus. And Jesus asked if she could provide her with some water to drink. And right away, her mind went into other things. And he says, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman of Samaria. You know, you are a Jew. You know, we don't get along. And so on and so forth. Jesus says, if you knew who was asking you of water to drink, you would have given him. He says, but you don't even have something to draw the water. How are you going to give me water? (laughs) Jesus says, the water that I will give you, if you will drink of that water, if you will drink of that water, you will never test again. 
He says, then give me this water that I never test again. So Jesus says, you don't get it. I said, the water that I will give you, if you will drink of that water, you will not test again. He says, then give me that water that I will not test again. He says, go and call your husband. Go and call your husband. He says, I have no husband. He says, that you said, you said right. You don't have a husband. And even the one that you live with is not your husband right now. Because you have tried five of them. You have tried five of them. You see, when you don't have the love of God in you, you keep trying. You keep trying. Jesus said, you have tried to love. You have tried to love. You tried to love this one, and it didn't work. And you tried to love that one, it didn't work. You were cooking for him, doing, cleaning for him, doing the laundry, polishing his shoes, doing all sorts of things, and he left you. And you tried this one, and it didn't work. And you tried that one, and it didn't work. But he says, the love that I will give you, the water that I will give you, when you have that love in you, when you have that love in you, it shall be like a fountain in you. It shall be like a fountain. And as it's being quenched, as you are in the relationship, and as offenses are quenching that love, disappointments are quenching that love, it becomes a fountain that bubbles up. And it springs up again. And you begin to love again. You begin to forgive. Because the love that Jesus will have in you, is like a bubble of water. It springs up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Desire that you have the love of God in you. Let it be your heart desire. It is that which will keep you in relationships. It it is that which will bring you joy. Amen. Let the love of God be in you. Hallelujah. If you love God, I say you are on to a glorious destiny. You are on to a glorious relationship. You are on to a peaceful home. If there is God in your heart. Now, how can you love God? For a few minutes, how can you love God? There are so many, but let me give you a few so that we can um, bring the service to a close. John chapter 14 and verse 21. John chapter 14, verse 21. He says, Jesus is telling us how to love God. Jesus is teaching us how to love God. Who loves God? He says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, This is the person who loves me. And when I find a person like this who loves me, then my father will love him and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. 2016, you're going to see manifestations of Jesus in you because you made a choice to love God. I say because you made a choice. He says such a person is the one that he manifests himself into. So sometimes I see people are coming and there's manifestation of the spirit and they have no love of God in them and they're coming for manifestation. of. The, he manifests himself to them that love him. Amen. Beloved, I don't know what you desire to have. I don't know what is in your heart desire. 
But if God can find the love of God in you, he will manifest himself to you. He will manifest himself to you. Things may delay. You may not get it the time that you desire, but all things work together for good to them that love God. And as it is written, I had not seen, neither had ear heard, neither had it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. He says, if you love me and you keep my commandment, my father will love you and I will manifest myself to you. I will manifest myself to you. You'll be driving on a highway and you will miss your exit. The same place that you drive all the time. The same place as you are just about to exit, something happens and you miss your exit. Jesus is manifesting himself to you because he has delivered you from the accident that was on that exit. He will manifest himself to you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you tonight? Desire to love God. Your love for God is demonstrated in your love for his house. Your love for God is demonstrated in your love for his house. Did we finish reading John chapter? Let's complete this one. Verse 22. John chapter 14, verse 22. Can we move on? He says, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, not Judas Iscariot. He says, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? How is it? He was wondering, how is it? You see, we say that, oh, we are all the sons of God. We are all the children of God. So this man asked him, he says, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us, but not unto the world? Look at the answer. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loved me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Jesus cannot make his abode with you if you are in the world. Jesus cannot make his abode with you if you don't love him. The father cannot make his abode with you if you don't love him. So when things happen to you and you are calling on the Father and you think it is going to change and it's going to be well, the Father will not make his abode with you if you don't love him. Beloved, in 2016, have a hard desire that you will love God. Desire that you will love God. Desire that you will love God. I said desire that you will love God. Amen. Your love for God is demonstrated in your love for his house. Psalm 26 and verse 8. Psalm 26 verse 8. David said, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. He says, I have loved the habitation of your house. I have loved your house. 
The love of God, it is shown by your love towards his house. David says, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Verse 9. He says, gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men. The Lord will not gather your soul with sinners. He will not gather your life with bloody men. There will be tourist activity in 2016, but it shall not come near your place. I said there will be terrorists bombing. Bloody men will be bombing a place, but the Lord shall deliver you from that place because you love God, because you have love for his house. Terrorist activities will not affect you. You will sit on an airplane and you shall return because terrorist activities will not affect you. You will ride on a bus and you will come home. You will sit on a train and you will come home. You will drive through a tunnel and you will come home because bloody men will not have a hand on your life. Because you love God. Amen. It says, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. He said, but as for me, I will walk in my integrity. May you walk in your integrity in 2016. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. The Lord will be merciful unto you in 2016. I see the mercies of God upon your life in 2016. May the Lord be merciful unto you and your children in 2016. Unto you and your loved ones, may the Lord be merciful unto you. May the Lord show you mercy. May the Lord be kind to you. May the Lord look upon you and show you kindness and be merciful unto you in 2016. You shall go and you shall come. You shall rise up and you shall lay back to sleep again. Amen. So 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 1. Look at what David did for the house of God. He says, furthermore, the king, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Verse 2. Now, I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold. This is David. Look at how, what he is preparing towards the house of God. He says, I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for the things to be made of gold, and the silver for the things of silver, and the brass for the things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. The next verse, it says, moreover, turn to your neighbor and say, moreover. moreover. Say, 2016, 2016, you are going to do over and above for the house of God. Look, the brother came and he said, Reverend, I believe just singing in a choir for the house of God is not enough. Moreover, what else can I do? What else can I do? He says, moreover, because I have set my affection. 
Let your affection be set to the house of God. He says, moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Hallelujah. Your love for God is shown towards his house. How your heart is towards his house. You know, there are so many of you, you are always in the house of God. Doing things in the house of God. Sacrificing in the house of God. Spending hours in the house of God. Beautifying the house of God. And you see, a lot of times, you see your, your relatives, they laugh at you. They give you names. They call you all kinds of names. But you realize, as the sister was sharing, you realize that you become the center of gravity because it is Jesus that is in you. And Jesus becomes the center of gravity. He's become the center that holds all things together. He becomes the center that pulls all things together. You become the one who holds all of them. When there's trouble, you are the one that they will tend to. Because you have desired to spend time. You have desired to sacrifice for the house of God. You have desired to love the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, I have gathered this over and above all that I have prepared for the house of my God. Hallelujah. Verse 4. He says, even 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of offer, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses with all. Verse 5, the gold for things of gold, and silver for things of silver, and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Who is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Can we find people who are willing to consecrate their service this day unto the Lord? And look at what happened to David in verse 26. Look at what happened to David. He says, Thus, thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. And the time that he reigned over Israel was 40 years Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. And he died in a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor, and Solomon his son reigned in his stead. May you live to see a good old age, because you have a heart of God, because you have a heart Towards the house of God, may you live to see a good old age. Your life will be full of riches. Your life will be full of honor. People will honor you. People at your workplaces, they will honor you. Your bosses will honor you. Your superiors will honor you. Because you have love for the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I say in 2016, desire that you love God and he will make himself manifest in your life. Amen. A third one, 
John 3 and verse 16. This is how God showed his love. By giving us his son. He says, for God so loved the world. God so loved. He loved the world so much. He didn't even know what to do. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. He gave us his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Beloved, God has shown his love to you. Tonight, God has shown his love to you. The Bible says he gave. He gave. When God loved so much, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. You may have heard this scripture many times. It's like a game that God is playing with you. It's like a tennis game. And God has played a ball in your court. He says, he gave, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. He gave. And God is just waiting to see if you will reciprocate. If you will receive this love. He's waiting. He says, he gave his only begotten son. The ball is in your court. Beloved, this ball has been in your court for a long time. And you are bouncing it. You are bouncing it. And you are bouncing it. God want to keep the game going. He want to keep the game going. But the ball is in your court. And you are bouncing it. And you are bouncing it. He have not received it. He says that if only, if only you will believe. You are bouncing it. The game is in your court. The ball is still bouncing in your court. He has thrown it to you. He says he gave his only begotten son. But if you will not bounce it. And you will believe in him. And will give back to him. You will receive everlasting life. You will receive everlasting life. You will receive everlasting life. Hallelujah. You may have heard this scripture many times. But tonight make a decision. To play the ball back to God. And you will receive everlasting life. Hallelujah. My last scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 1. And verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 1. And I want to read from verse 10. Church, are you with me yes. tonight? Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Are you blessed tonight? Yes. I believe that God is speaking to somebody tonight. And if you're hacking to the word of God, let's read from Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 10. It says, For the land whither thou goest in to possess is not as the land of Egypt from whence ye came. Where thou sowest thy seed, and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herb. Where the Lord is taking you is not the same as you were before. Where you have to sow, and then water it like a garden. He says, but the land, whether ye go to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. 
May you drink water of the rain of heaven. In 2016, you will drink water of the rain of heaven. It says that a land which the Lord thy God careth for. You are going to live in a land which the Lord your God cares for. The land that you don't need to water with your hand. A land that you don't need to tread on your foot. A land which the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord thy God always will be upon it. He says, from the beginning of the year, from the beginning of 2016, from the beginning of the year, even unto the end of 2016, the Lord your God will watch over the land. Where you live, the Lord your God will watch over the land. The Lord your God will watch over your job. The Lord your God will make provision. You shall keep your job and you shall not lose it. You shall remain in that job and you shall go forward. Because you have set your affection on the Lord. He said that his eyes, they are over the land. It's over the place. Where you live, the eyes of the Lord will be on it. From the beginning of the year, in the year 2016, may you be in the land where the eyes of the Lord is upon it. From the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand unto your feet. Stand unto your feet. Stand unto your feet. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.